Hello and welcome to the ISIS Art Podcast. My name is Lucy and today I'll be moderating with Katie. Thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy this discussion. We are here today with two very talented artists. First, with Jenny Lewis, an editorial photographer whose work hugely centres on her experience of living and working in East London. Her first book, One Day Young, which captures mothers within the first 24 hours since having a baby, was a big, big success, having been exhibited both in the UK and internationally. Her second book, Hackney Studios, published in 2017, reflects her exploration of her surrounding creative community. Next, we have Joab Prachakul, a contemporary figurative artist whose work is concerned with identity and the revelations that can be revealed through rigorous observation. After being inspired by David Hockney's exhibition at the National Portrait Gallery, she decided to start her career as a self-taught artist in the field of contemporary portrait painting. Her portrait night talk won this year's BP National Portrait Award. Now based in Lyon, she continues to explore and develop her work, focusing particularly on the complex nature of mixed identity. I'll now turn the discussion over to Lucy. Cool. So first of all, Giab and then Jenny, where are you today? Where are you isolating? And what does a daily, what does the day in the life of lockdown look for you? Giab, do you want to start? Yeah, I can start. So I, I live in Lyon and work in Lyon. So the lockdown is pretty much the same for me I, as, as previously. I stay home and work in the morning, in the afternoon, and then practice my yoga in the evening. And that's pretty much my routine. And, and um, quarantine, just, you know, like a little bit tense with people around you, you feel kind of, you know, not a good, not, not exactly the relaxing vibes around when you go out for a walk or stuff like that. But all the rest is like, I would say pretty much the same, like, like my lifestyle before. So, so that's about it. Yeah. And so that go to Jenny, I guess. Um, what, what, <laughs> I was just listening there. What, what, what was the question? What's like it, life in lockdown like? Yeah, and where are you staying at the moment? Oh, I'm. I live in central London, uh, in Dalston and Hackney. So it's kind of um, it's a pretty busy city. Um, but there's some obviously, if you know my work, you know I kind of love where I live. So I wouldn't want to be locked down anywhere else. Um. I love, uh, I can look out the way out of my son's window onto the street and, and you know, I'll notice neighbours and loads of, I'll still see life going on. It's a little bit busier now than it was a few weeks ago or a few months ago. Um, but there's something about just knowing all your neighbours and knowing you've got help if you need it close at hand. Um, just makes me feel really comfortable, even though it's kind of um, a really crazy situation going on. I mean, I'm not really comfortable. I've been scared. I've been angry. I've been frustrated. I've felt um, helpless. I felt like a roller coaster of emotions through the last 11 weeks, but I still feel supported by my community and seeing those familiar faces is just, um, it means so much that you, you're really not in it on your own. So uh, yeah, I kind of don't want to be in this situation, but I wouldn't be in this situation anywhere else. That's great, thank you. Um, I suppose this is a similar question, um, but how has lockdown and the pandemic in general impacted your creativity? Um, I would say to begin with, um, it completely blocked my creativity. I couldn't have a creative thought. Whatever I thought about, whenever I thought of picking up my camera, it felt completely wrong. 
it felt like I was it would feel like using the situation to make a photograph to make some work and uh it just felt completely wrong to me I couldn't pick up the camera I couldn't even pick up the camera to photograph uh my children who I'm locked down with I felt completely freaked out um and I kept I'm working on a book at the moment so I've got so much work I could be getting on with transcribing interviews editing photo sessions and I just couldn't focus on anything my brain scrambled in fear but now I suppose your brain just starts adapting and evolving and and coping you know coping mechanisms start to come in so now I am um I don't feel hugely creative but I am kind of there's a lot more thinking time going on and I'm beginning to do that sort of um background research on, on things I need to shoot for, for a project I'm working on I'm starting to kind of transcribe the interviews and think about them and find the quotes I need um so it's been very slow on the creative front um but sometimes I think that kind of space having that space to think about what you do and why you do it has been quite important because I don't usually have time for that it's just next portrait next portrait next portrait next book next project you know looking after kids editorial work it, it's it's very very busy and having this forced block and, and time to stop and think has really made me think about why I take photos what it is I want to say um so I think although I can't see much I think there's been a lot of work going on in my head I hope we'll see thank you so yeah, that that's really interesting. I I totally agree with Jenny on the you know like quarantine and this lockdown thing is really kind of help us somehow to like have a conversation with ourselves because I think like it's really essential to have the conversation with yourself and kind of you know, reflect about the moment, the state of your life, question yourself why you do this, and question yourself why you want to do what you want to do, right? And so. For me, like um, you know, the the block has has not been there at all. Like on contrary, I've been I've been working very very um, very spontaneously, and I've been very creative and also really productive as well. I don't know why. Like I think it's because I I have I had kind of like pre kind of quarantine myself somehow as an artist. I like I isolated myself when mm -hmm. I work. So I think it's really essential to be kind of, you know, accept like, you know, yourself, if you want to be isolated to create your work or you like to be, you know, interacting with, with other people. So so the, in this case for me, it's like, it's kind of like, it's kind of fit with my kind of um, living already that I like to be isolated and work and, you know, kind of keep it to myself and build my own kind of bubble and then stick to it. And so for a quarantine, just, I just feel like, I feel so kind of not guilty not to be outgoing because, you know, like <laughs> in spring, usually I will, I will be like, oh, people will be like, oh, come on, Jiap, come and have a pirog, come and have a drink in the afternoon. And then in quarantine, just everyone's just quiet and nowhere to go. And I just feel like, oh, like for the first time in my life, I don't feel guilty. I don't, I don't want to go out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, I, I've been working very productively and um, I finished one painting in 15 days instead of two months and a half, which is like, really incredible. So I just say, have, having kind of, you know, continuation of 
of understanding myself and also having a conversation with myself and and honestly to be like just to be honest with myself that yeah this is my kind of personality and I just embrace it and then I kind of also you know like I accept other people personality I accept people like going out and having a lot of interaction and but the most important is that I, I have to accept myself and so when I accept myself that I like to be isolated and I like to keep quiet on my own and work, then all together it's just it's just really um, really uh, positive, I would say. So the lockdown. I suppose that that's quite interesting that it's sort of um, yeah li- think, listening to your response. It's sort of based on personality is one thing. I'm like yeah, very exactly. very chatty. I really feed off people, and obviously I'm a portrait photographer. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to take portraits of myself. I, yeah. I, you know, what I enjoy doing is discovering other people and it's the conversation and the meeting them. So without mm. that, it's been Im- impossible to work the way I used to work, but it has been very interesting having these conversations with myself, which I don't yeah. usually do. And it's yeah. the energy shifted and the conversation's gone internally rather than yeah, externally that, with really other nice people. Story. So I think it's probably been really good for me, like that fourth slowing down and that thinking time it's been um yeah I probably really needed it I wonder if it will change the work when I start working when I'm allowed to be in front of someone you say that Jenny because even though you are having those conversations with people it is still kind of a private work that both of you do but then when you put it out into the real world um it's been phenomenally successful and I guess We'd like to hear a little bit from both of you, Giab first and then Jenny, if that's okay, about how, um, well, Giab, your painting Night Talk won the National BP Portrait Award. And I'd love to hear how that came about. And then Jenny, particularly from you, how your book One Day Young came about as well, The Portraits of the Mothers. Um, Yeah, so Giab, could you start us off telling us a little bit about that? So so as um, maybe you read about it before, Night Talk is really about like, let's say, um, my conversation with myself about my identity and also like kind of a portrait of the friendship. Um, At the time that I started the painting, I just moved from Berlin. So I have this kind of, you know, like the first year in Lyon after Berlin, like, you know, all the scene and type of people and kind of mentality are really different. So I kind of have to adapt with the language and all that. So I question a lot about my identity because after I've been living in London, Berlin, and then come to Lyon, I kind of, you know, every place you've been living, you have a sort of selfhood and identity that you built up with that kind of places. And then when you leave the place, you kind of keep them, but then it's not your, you know, it's not your nature identity that has been dictated to you when you were born. So I, I got a lot of that kind of feels question, like who I am, what kind of person I am, am I Thai or am I... Londoner, ex-Londoner, or am I ex-Berliner? Or I got really confused about it. So, so I just told myself that it's just going to look um, through my identity, through my friends that I, I really keep like relationship with the longest, and I would say on the regular basis, because I think people, I mean, especially close friend that you know, you talk about deep things with or like intimate feelings, there are not a lot of those and. And when you keep those relationships with someone for long, that tells a lot about yourself. So that's when I started Night Talk by just looking at my friend identity, 
like there is Makoto and Jonga, two of my sisters, they are from uh, Korea and Japan. So we are all like from Asia, but different Asia, but in Europe, we are like Asian figure, but somehow we have complexity in, uh, in our own identity. And somehow we, we united in the term of, you know, Asian identity. So I, I kind of, you know, really have conversation with myself and look through myself by looking at my sitters and understand Makoto as an artist and how long-standing he stayed on his career as a musician for, for 12 years in Berlin and Jonga as a designer and all that. And like, then I look at myself, why I do what I do and why I, you know, why I express what I want to express and why does this, um, the particular picture matters to me. So it's kind of like, you know, Kind of that moment of my life at the time that I live in Berlin, and that's gonna continue um, in the places I live, like in Lyon or wherever. So that is it's a sort of, you know, the captive moment of my identity that I want to communicate out on the canvas. I would say, so that that's how you know my talk came about. And, Thank um, you. And Jenny, could you tell us a little bit about One Day Young? Yeah, um, so One Day Young came out of um, pure anger and frustration. Although when people look at the pictures, you wouldn't necessarily know that was this kind of starting point. But um, when I had my children, I'd kind of, the, the visual language around birth that I was aware of and uh, the way birth was talked about was uh, dominated with pain, difficulty, loss of identity, um, vulnerability, softness, all of these quite uh, negative and quite demeaning and quite um, uh, la words and images that were lacking in power. And when I had my children, um, I felt the most empowered I'd ever felt. And I felt it was a disservice to women that you weren't given that seed of, of thought or hope that you could be stronger, you could be more empowered than you were before, you could be filled with more love and more joy and more understanding and more empathy of women or of humanity. And actually, the conversation was always about the negative, and it just blew my mind how wrong this was. And I felt a responsibility to all women that we should be told, you could be okay, you'll still be yourself, you'll be yourself, but a bigger self, and um, you'll grow. Um, so I felt like I had to kind of share what I was experiencing. It would it would be unfair to keep this secret. And I don't know whether it's the same in other cultures or other families, but that was just my own personal experience. I hadn't heard that women were amazing. <laughs> and I just thought, okay, girls, you need to know this. So obviously I'm a photographer. I didn't know how to share that message um, apart from by creating images. So I didn't know any other pregnant women. I didn't know anyone with babies, but none of my friends had had kids. So I just started photographing complete strangers the day they had a baby back in their own homes, um, which you'd think would be quite hard to do, but I suppose other people felt like I did. Um, and they got in contact and I would put leaflets up around the borough where I lived. Uh, just saying, if you want a free portrait back in your own home, the day you have a baby, get in contact. And people started getting in contact and they'd see on my website the kind of image they might get. And already 
seeing images on the website was supporting people and I kind of knew it would you know when you when you know what you need you know what other women need and if you can give that to them um it was just such an amazing connection and I thought I'd probably do 10 and it would maybe be a feature in um the Guardian you know the way I usually work editorial features but the more I did it I I kind of felt this responsibility to the women I was shooting they all had such different stories such different backgrounds they'd be someone who'd lost a child the year before um, in childbirth and you know her her story and her managing to kind of squash the waves of fear with every contraction and get there I was just like bowled away by her story and then I'd meet someone else who was um, a single mother and she was doing doing the birth and the motherhood transition on her own I would be bowled away by her and then there'd be someone else and someone else and someone else and it was just all these stories I just felt the more I had a stronger message it would be um and then I'd start to pick holes in the series and go I haven't got a teenage mother that means I'm I'm not representing teenage mothers therefore I'm almost making a judgment so then I had to kind of cover that and cover this you know just try and reach as many experiences as possible so that the audience the women seeing the book could find someone they could relate to as a way in to kind of go oh I can believe in myself there's me I can see myself in that woman in her situation so it just escalated I got obsessed I did it for five years I photographed 150 strangers on the day they had a baby back in their own home and um found the audience for the thing I wanted to say, the thing I was really passionate about. So that's how it started. That is, <laughs> is that what you wanted to know? I don't know. I could go bang on for ages. I don't no, want to take brilliant. up all the time. That's they were both that's such wonderful. Yeah, both such interesting mm. stories, interesting origins of how your amazing pieces of, you know, came Thanks. to life. Um, I actually have a question that's sort of on a similar line to what you've been talking about Jenny and I feel like Jab will be able to come in on this as well um but as we all know female bodies are still often objectified in contemporary art and media um and I just wanted I know you've touched on it Jenny but I feel like we could definitely expand and just wanted to know sort of what you like whether you think art can have a hand in restoring um a woman's a woman's humanity and dignity well I mean sorry I'll jump in quickly and then step back but I mean obviously a woman photographing a woman I say obviously I suppose I can only speak from my own perspective but I would I would always be looking to well I would only ever photograph anyone with dignity and humanity and respect I wouldn't want to demean anyone but um, maybe especially for women and especially you know I mean the edit I did you know what you do a session with someone I could have used one where she's laughing where she's looking down at the baby where it's looking a little bit coy where it's looking a bit softer but time and time again in my edit what I chose to show my audience was quite often a quite a confrontational gaze of her being very proud of herself in that moment and that's what I wanted to offer to the world um and I mean on a very physical level you don't often see women the day they've had a baby with a huge swollen belly and it confused people. You know, people would, you know, not idiots, quite intelligent people would say, how is she pregnant? Oh, she's pregnant again. And it's like, she had a baby two hours ago. This is what the female body looks like two hours after having a baby. 
still swollen. So it was kind of an education and a celebration of the female body, not in a sexualized way, but just in an empowering way. That was kind of my um, intent, but also just like a very authentic, honest way of, you know, just, you know, girls, this is what the body does. It's incredible. And this is what it looks like. So don't be afraid and don't be, don't have these expectations that a baby pops out and you're straight into your bikini, you know, it's, or you can be, but you're celebrating a huge swollen belly. So it's, it's just like an, an honest, I just wanted to show it as it is and go, isn't this brilliant? You know, so not, not trying to manipulate, but I suppose as a photographer, by editing, you are manipulating because you're just showing the slight, the one tiny moment you want people to see. So Absolutely. I don't know. No, that's really I'll step back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Jenny. Um, yes, do you have? So yeah, I, I pretty much, I, I, I really like what Jenny mentioned about education and also the, you know, the, the way we choose to present the, some figure in our artwork. So, um, as, as you mentioned, like female figure or female dignity in the, the painting has been a long, 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 I think long period of generation of education. Why there is more female figure in the painting than the, than the male? Then we have to go back to the, institu the institution. Why are there, you know, only we, uh, women um, models for the study of, of anatomy, for example? So as for myself, I'm a self-taught. So I haven't been all through that like traditional way of looking and, you know, education of, uh, okay, this is how to learn about anatomy and all that. So I've been learning anatomy from a book called Stratura Uomo, which is like the whole book is about, you know, men, men anatomy. So I think it's, it's very much like our education and how we look at things. And, you know, as, as you know, our society nowadays, we are more open to things. We are more open to gender more open to different perspective of things. So, so women dignity and women figure in art could be, you know, could be rescued or could be present in a different way. I think depends on how the artist is more, more or less um, honest about themselves. Like, you know, if you're honest about themselves, about your subject matter, like this is matter for you and this is what you want to speak about, not only because that it works and that is, you know, you know, catchy and that's bring, bring uh, interest from people. So I have been looking at the list of, you know, it's funny because my fiance showed me before, like years before, okay, GF, you should paint all these because this is a list of things that is more sellable in the art world, which is like flower, landscape, still life <laughs> and nude. So I was like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, those, those sort of cliche thing and, and kind of, you know, make you feel like, okay, if I want to sell more artwork, I should do that and that and that. But then if, if we have more honest to ourselves in, in the art we do, and you know, like, like Jenny mentioned before, like when, when you know what, what you want for yourself, then, then you speak out to others, like in the other pregnant woman give birth at home and all, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that I believe is going to come more and more of diversity in the art world not just, you know, woman nude, maybe woman nude in a different way, like, you know, like the way Jenny present with the pregnant woman in the kind of ugly beauty kind of, you know, there are so many perspectives of things. So I have a lot of hope to, to have the, you know, to have the different picture of the beauty of women in, in the art world. 
That's so lovely and so eloquently put by both of you. Thank you. I, I was just going to say, actually, just to, to respond to that a little bit, I've, I'd sort of forgotten one, another thing that kind of uh, fired me up when I started that project. Um, a lot of my work <laughs> seems to be motivated by anger, but was because there was no, there was no images of motherhood in the art world that mm -hmm. I could relate to. Yeah. You know, not in galleries that I was seeing, not photographs, not paintings. Um, and it's just a really, really, really unpopular subject for art. It's seen as a bit soft. It's not sex and death. You know, no, you, no one wanted to write about it. No one wants to see it in an art gallery. It's sort of sidelined as a bit of a woman's project. And, it, you know, of course, anything, any attitude like that would just drive me crazy. Um, and I had a curator called Susan Bright who um, curated a big show at the Photographer's Gallery called Home Truths. Halfway through, I was working on this uh, project and she saw the project um, and she said to me, it's brilliant work, it's really important, but you will have such a struggle ever showing that in an art gallery. And it's so true because male curators or even female curators don't wanna be associated with the topic of motherhood. Mm. just not wow. cool it's not intellectual it's not hard-hitting it's not mm. political but it is actually all of those things but yeah. it's a real struggle uh not sort of sidelined and softened and like oh that's for a women's magazine oh that's for you know it's not art and it's like I'm not trying to say it's art but I'm saying it's an important discussion um, and so that whole kind of topic <laughs> of um what's popular in the art world my topic is so unpopular. Maybe that's <laughs> it might not be a popular bit, in the but... massive art world, but it's definitely popular with us, and it's also Yay. just done so well. So, <laughs> I think on that note, um, Jenny, you were talking about going to galleries and seeing very much like an absence of motherhood being depicted. Um, did both of you go to galleries when you were younger? How did you come to art, Giab? If we start with you, you're a self-taught artist. You've had no formal training. Um, yeah. How did that art come to you? My approach to art gallery was first in London, actually, because in Thailand, we don't have a lot of gallery and museum back then, like 20 years ago. So I went with my company who, uh, where I used to work as a casting director. And we, we went to have a holiday, like, you know, every year abroad. And that year was in London. And I went first time for the first time at Tate Modern and then Sashi um, Gallery at the South Bank, the old Sashi. I was totally blown by, you know, the scene of Adwell. <laughs> I was totally blown when I saw the sculpture of um, the Ron Muak. I was, oh my God, this is like catching my heart totally. And I feel like, you know, the sudden, like, let's say important how art impacting your life and how art impacting your kind of innermost feeling and a little more into the another state of mind and than just, you know, the, than just five senses we have, like, you know, eating, watching things, listening, smelling and all that. Just kind of bring our, out together, like kind of all the senses and bring it to another level. And that's that's what I had the first kind of, you know, kind of in love kind of feeling with the art and the museum and gallery. And then, so that's the starting point. Thank um, you. What about you, Jenny? Yeah, it's interesting. I, got, I, can, I, can, I can so relate to that, that sort of um, realization that there's an extra, sense that you didn't know was lurking in your brain you know like like taste buds but a visual sense 
when you suddenly discover it's so delicious and life is never the same again. Um, I didn't come from a creative family. My, uh, we didn't have any art books in the house. We didn't know what art was. Um, I didn't go to an art gallery till I was about maybe 19, 20, by which point I was already doing an art degree in painting and I'd never been to an art gallery. I don't know what I thought I was doing there. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't train in photography. So I feel a little bit the same that I'm sort of self-taught and I, I shouldn't be here, you know, in, in the art world. I don't feel I belong in it. I don't feel I belong in the photography world either because um, I haven't been taught it uh, traditionally. So it's, it's a kind of funny position to be in. But I did art history at A-level. And that's when that taste bud clicked in. And it could have been some, you know, the tutor talking about mannerist sculptures or chair design, or just suddenly I was just like, some veil was taken off my eyeballs and then the world just looked so different. And I'd just be like this tingling sense of just constantly looking at the way the light affected colors around me and affected that plant and look at the shape of that. And it was like, how have I not noticed before? But you have to be, someone has to open that door for you and then you're off and you can run with it and you're either taught or you don't have to be taught, whatever. But you have to be, someone has to make you aware that there's this other thing going on in the world. And then once you open that up, you can't shut it off and you just, you know, you just, you get the, all the delight, don't you, of everything, of every in-between colour that you'd never noticed before. So, um and yeah, yeah, I did an art degree, blah, blah. I got into photography and then have just been so excited with exhibitions and galleries and um, just the wealth of stuff you can look at and how it can just get under your skin. And you can, I feel like with, with, with galleries and exhibitions, it's like learning another language and every exhibition and image you see that impacts on you is another word you've learned or another verb and it becomes your library in your head. And that's what you can pull on. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just so visceral and um, a physical reaction. It's just so excited. I love it. When are the galleries going to open again? It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to look at things on a screen. I want to look at the texture and walk around yeah, exactly. it and see how it's realized. Yeah. Oh my God! When yeah, it to see the layers of things and then to see how things fall and how Absolutely. things have been done. Yeah, and the size of it and what's it next to and what was in the room before that got you in that mood and then you turn yeah, it bang! It's wow, that. that's like that's wonderful. Yeah, Ooh, thank you so much for that. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's quite amazing that we have two hugely successful artists here, neither of whom have had you know. A traditional sort of training. I love that. Forget the training. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And and I thought I, I suppose this is. I think we've touched on this question a bit, both in in both of your discussions. Um, but I suppose I want to ask you whether there are any aspects of the the art world that you dislike or that you're not comfortable with. And I suppose I'm I'm drawing on what we've already said about how you're both you're both coming from a sort of unconventional background to, to become really successful artists. Um, the high art sort of uh, womanhood, that's not sexy or frightening. And, you know, even even things that you drew on as well, Jeb, where you were talking about your portraits and how your fiance had joked about maybe you should be doing more nudes, but actually your, your portraits are actually a bit more authentic than that. And yeah, I suppose I just wanna 
ask both of you, if we start with Jenny and then go to Giab, um, just talk about sort of, it might be a bit cynical, but what you dislike about the art Well, world. no, my answer will just be really short because I don't feel like I'm in the art world. I don't even know what that means. Well, I know what it means. It's something that I'm not part of. Um, I just, you know, I'm just interested in people and I do want to talk to people and having a camera and being able to photograph them and capture them gives me the excuse to investigate them and try and celebrate them. So it doesn't feel like art. It's just a way of life. And I, um, I can't imagine doing anything else. I mean, I suppose the, the closest I got to the art world was having um, an image in the Taylor Westing uh, last year. Um, and it was so thrilling to see my portrait, which, you know, it's a portrait, I have to say, I do really, really love and means a lot to me. But to see it in that gallery, in that space, was thrilling to, to it gave it, it elevated it to um, a position of respect, which I felt for Rosie, the subject of the picture anyway. But it was, it was incredible to feel, oh, other people get it. You know, it's got, it's got through to this level and it's got this audience, a different audience to what my work's had before. You know, I'm an editorial photographer, it's kind of just a bit lowbrow. Um, and then you do a book and then you kind of reach another weird little hierarchy of publishing. Um, but it's motherhood and women and a bit sidelined. So like to be in a proper gallery that's got like big white steps to go up to, it felt like being, oh, how have I snuck in here into the big yeah. institution? It was fab, I loved it. I did, I did feel like I shouldn't be there, but I still loved well, it. I suppose in that sense, you are dismantling whatever we want to describe this abstract institution, the art world, whatever we want to call it. I suppose in that sense, you were dismantling that because you were coming yeah, from it was a different- great. Yeah, yeah, and, and to get an image, a portrait of a woman, very much in the style of One Day Young, but it wasn't a One Day Young portrait, uh, to celebrate motherhood in one of the old institutions, which, you know, I love that institution as much as I find it really kind of frustrating and annoying. Um, it was pretty damn fun to be on the wall. Yeah, oh, Yeah, pleased about that. Gia, <laughs> um, if we could turn to you, I, I spoke, just to reiterate the... Um... Um, what I dislike about Adwell, I would say maybe the an inferi inferiority between the, let's say, the um, academic artist and the self-taught artist. There is a tension there. And then again, it's reproducing in, in the artist, between the artist and the audience. You know, like sometimes you kind of put yourself into the position where the other is not at the same level as you. That That's what I don't kind of that I don't really favor much of that. Like, you know, for example, the, when the artists think that their artwork should be reached a certain kind of audience only, and it's not for everyone, those kind of inferiority. But then again, I think like every artist, I think like the inferiority, I, I notice a lot from the academic artists who have shown their inferiority to me, that I learned that they have like unsettling kind of feeling towards some them, themselves and their own work, maybe you know influenced by the professor, influenced by the people who know about it better, and for example, it kind of create a block in your artistic uh, creativity. For example, if you like to paint figurative art and your professor more keen on the conceptual art and then tell you, oh, you should go more on the conceptual way of doing because that's the way it is. And then you just kind of, you know, get kind of stumble on 
upon two things that you're not sure about, but then you have yourself that you don't have conversation to, and then you kind of want to jump into the professional one that people tell you this is the right way to do. And so that's what I don't like much about that attitude. And I think, I think, I think like those kind of things like create inferiority and create kind of, you know, negative energy. And I think if, if all of us kind of, all of the artists, self-taught or not self-taught, academic or not, we just, you know, accept kind of, accept like what we are and what we do, accept our level of doing, Mm. And then you kind of embrace, you know, if, if you do figurative art, you can be so good at the sculpturing and all that is fine, just accept it and then go with it and then move on with it. And then you can just assume where you want to go and, and you know, look at, you, you know, for example, like I'm, I'm, of, I'm out of the art world and I was like, I would, I would love, of course, to be um, accepted by the art institution. That's why I applied for the uh, BP award because I want to be recognized by the institution and such a gallery. So that's the way that I assume myself to just, you know, like, okay, I accept that I'm just a self-taught and don't have academic background. I know I have talent in painting, but then, yeah, maybe if I want to be uh, where other people be, then I just look at them, study them, and then, you know, look at what is positive and what I can pick up for myself. And then I just, you know, move on and keep going. And I think, and I think if like, you know, like kind of, we can have a little more honesty to ourselves and accepting ourselves, what we like and what we want to do, assuming and moving forward, then those kind of inferiority will be reduced in the art world. As same as, as same as, you know, like the inferiority between the artists and the audience or all five, if the audience don't get your work fired by them, it's different people that like different things and do different things. So we should accept the differences and um, you know the variety of, of taste and variety of artworks for that's so interesting thank you both of you um that was lovely to hear and let's hope that with both of you we'll be shaking up the art world whatever that is um we're moving towards the end of our discussion and perhaps this will be sadly the last question but um i just wanted to hear from both of you what how do you release your artwork into the world do you use social media and um, possibly starting with you jenny and do you find it a useful tool? We're on a Zoom call right now. So that's sort of putting it into context that our use of social media is totally changing at the moment. Um, yeah, when I started, am I muted? Am I on? No, that's fine. Um, when I started Wonder Young, I didn't know what Instagram or Twitter was. I mean, it wasn't, maybe it was about, but I wasn't really aware of it. And more and more I've used it. And I find it um, really useful really useful to engage with people because I don't have to be filtered through a magazine or what a journalist says about my work I can just be a hundred percent hundred percent honest what I think about anything and <laughs> you can take it or leave it um and I just think that's a really nice way to engage with your audience because they can see your images and they can take from your images whatever they want but they can also see your attitude and your perspective on life um and get a little bit more and also when I photograph people there's a long conversation going on which is often hard to share with just the image so by having an, say on Instagram Instagram's the social media platform I use most but by being able to just say a few words whether it's a quote from them a little bit of our conversation just gives you a little deeper insight into their perspective of, of what's going on with them at the moment and maybe it makes you read the picture a little bit differently um, so I kind of, I'm more and more enjoying words with pictures. Um, 
and that gives you a way of doing that but it, it you know it's really nice to have a conversation with your audience and people kind of comment on things and you go backwards and forwards a bit and there's no middleman and you know I as, as well as people connecting to my work I've connected to curators and other photographers mm-hmm. um and created much more of a network than I've ever had I don't feel isolated anymore I mean I did a book swap with a, a photographer I like to work she lives in Ireland I've never met her it's, uh, and I just sent her a message last week saying should we do a book swap I wouldn't have done that before uh, this I mean that's probably because of uh, quarantine but it, it's, it's sort of opened up this mo- well in me anyway a new bravery to just go for it just if you want to say something to someone if you want to con- contact someone just do it if you want to swap some work just do it and it's just a really nice connection I find it I find it really quite human Instagram anyway um so yeah I enjoy it a lot overshare how about you Gia I I totally agree with Jenny I found it really helpful um to get you know connected to your audience directly and to also you know like engaging into them and you know have the direct interaction and just to speak uh, a little more honestly about yourself through your own kind of little space that you create on the social media and especially that I'm not um, I'm I I have been always an independent artist so having audience online means means a lot because it's a group of the audience that I can reach out you know also the fact that I'm from Thailand and uh, I have, you know, my audience in Berlin, I have my audience in Bangkok and all that, you know, those social media just help to reach out to those that is not, you know, in, in my living place. And it's mean that it's fine to if in my living place, there is no audience to reach out. So the, um, the communication is more broad, I would say. And I enjoy it also, like Jenny mentioned very much, you know, like, you know, to keep out a bit of your yourself and just when you have interview and when you have those kind of interaction with the magazine or, or the journalists and all that, there are certain perspective that, that they came about or certain set of questions. But then on Instagram or, or Facebook or other type of social media, we just, you know, like if I want to talk about movie because I just feel so touched about the movie I, I saw last night, I can just post on it and see how people like it or see sometime, you know, it just came about that someone liked that film too and have something else to share. It just, it's just very much, as Jenny mentioned, it's very human. But in, it's a, a, in the kind of <laughs> the robotic way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, going back to also what we were saying about the art world, it's, it's, it can feel very detached, very old or a different way of doing things and I have been advised by curators and publishers uh, not to share work until it's been exhibited not to share work until it's been published and I've ignored all that that advice and it really Uh annoys the art world (laughs) but what's great is like doing things your own way so maybe it's the art world I see or can be quite cold and detached but working in this way with social media you've got such a quick engagement with your audience um it's a new way of communicating yeah so maybe it just shifts your audience from that audience that you can't really reach and they're over there and you as the artists are here and there's a big divide it sort of brings everyone a little bit closer um which is where I feel more comfortable yeah, I couldn't sort of agree breaking down that. that establishment. Yeah, 
wall that you can't get through. It's just like, well, if you just ignore all their rules or a few of them. Absolutely. Because <laughs> you know, you both, both of your art is, um, you know, extremely beautiful, extremely powerful, extremely highbrow in the sense that it's just as good. But it's, it is sort of taking down these barriers that have sort of hidden the art world, again, sort mm. of. Um, from from people and I think that's really really brilliant it's so inclusive it's so inspiring and I really want to thank you on behalf of the ISIS magazine and on behalf of Lucy and I and Ivana and Chunky our editors uh, thank you so so much for talking to us today it's been absolutely fantastic thank so you. to hear from you both of you and um, we all hope you enjoyed the discussion today as well uh, thank you to our lovely panelists again uh, for volunteering their time to us and if you enjoyed this podcast, please follow the ISIS magazine on Facebook or Spotify or at isismagazine.org.uk to get the latest news about what we're doing. Thank you for listening.